0: This tenuous situation in Venezuela is a local story for so many in South Florida who have a personal stake in the outcome. So that is where we start this week's roundtable, right there. On the roundtable with us this week, Stephen Johnson, who chairs Miami-Dade County's Black Affairs Advisory Board. He is an attorney with the Lidecker-Diaz firm and president of the 100 Black Men of South Florida. Rosemary O'Hara is the editorial page editor of the Sun Sentinel and a veteran Florida journalist. Rafael Yanis, a Miami attorney and political analyst and all veterans of the round table, welcome. Happy Sunday to you. You know, Rafael, I want to start with you um, because you and I were both at the event in Doral on Friday where the vice president spoke. And uh, boy, what, um, what a groundswell of support locally for what the Trump administration is doing in this very aggressive stance toward Venezuela's Maduro. And my question to you is, when the vice president said, all options are on the table, I heard people go,
1: "Yes." what does that mean to you? Well, it was a a privilege. I was sitting, as you know, in the back near the press pool, and it was interesting to get a full panoramic view of the room. Normally, the Welcome to our
0: world. Right, and (laughs) the,
1: the cameras normally can only show so much. But there was a sentiment in the room, and I think it was clear to everyone that the message that day was not really for the Venezuelan community here in South Florida. It was obviously a show of support, but it was a a true message focused on the military and political leaders in Venezuela telling them, your time is up.
0: But time is up. I mean, what, Rosemary, what is, um, there is no appetite that I'm hearing for military intervention at this point. So this tough talk and and tough action, sanctions in place, and, um, you know, what does that mean?
2: Well, uh, you know, There is no appetite for military intervention, and that would be a horrible disaster for our country. Regime change as a whole is not a good national policy, and it hasn't really worked out so well in Iraq and in Syria and Libya. Um, That There somehow needs to be... um, Nobody likes what's happening down there, the poor people, and these sanctions are only going to make things worse. But uh, I disagree.
1: The sanctions are making things better because it's helping the people rise up and unshackle themselves from the Maduro regime. It's going Can to
2: mean less food, it's going to mean less medicine. Less food than
1: what Maduro has been giving people. It's, it's terrible,
2: people. without and question. You know, uh, they, Stephen they Johnson. Say, I was g- about to say,
3: g- they say change is sometimes painful, but it's necessary. Th- this entire story is a wonderful thing to see because the imagery that you see particularly when you look at those who are surrounding President Gaudio and those who are surrounding uh, Maduro, what you're seeing is you're almost seeing a South American version of the Arab Spring. You're seeing the young stand and say, you know what, this is not working for us. We want to move forward in a different way. And become masters of their own destiny. And and to, to, to actually take control of their own country. IT'S A BEAUTIFUL, BEAUTIFUL AND AMAZING THING. AND IT'S BEEN NONVIOLENT. AND I WANT TO KEEP IT NONVIOLENT. THAT'S WHAT MAKES THE STORY SO AMAZING. BUT WHEN YOU SEE THOSE YOUNG PEOPLE SAY, OKAY, WE'RE GOING TO NOW STAND UP AND TAKE SOME CONTROL BACK FROM THOSE WHO HAVE DICTATED TO US FOR SO LONG, this was We're talking I, about what was the most wealthy country in South America? I, for I want to so mention, long.
1: though, I think it's worth noting because the event on Friday was mainly a Republican event. It, it was only Republican elected officials there. I was going to bring that up. I wanted to publicly thank the Democrats in Florida who have been standing shoulder to shoulder with the Venezuelan community, with the Cuban American community. I thought it was very interesting. And working on
0: legislation. Working on legislation, supporting.
1: They're not just paying lip service, they're putting their feet on the ground. So I think this is a rare bipartisan issue. I mean, we just got out of the shutdown, and we're seeing here shoulder to shoulder their solidarity for the people, for the exiles in South Florida, I always tell Venezuelans, whether they're they're on the street at a restaurant or at a political event, I say the story of your people and the tragedy that's happening to your country is something I grew up with.
0: It, you know, and and it's uh, the Florida Democratic Party was was not happy about the shutout, and you talk to people across the board, you, Democrats are very supportive of the Trump administration's moves so far. Democrats
1: in Florida, I, in nationally, in there's Florida? issues that's with true. Party, yeah. party leaders, Democrats you know, in Florida, Bernie
3: Sanders of the where party,
0: where the Venezuelan diaspora and EXILE IS LOCATED I, RIGHT HERE IN FLORIDA.
3: AND I THINK PART OF THE ISSUE IS THAT TO MANY OF US, WHEN YOU START TO RESEARCH IT, IT SEEMS LIKE AN ISSUE that, THAT HAD ALWAYS EXISTED, RIGHT? HE COULD HAVE CLAIMED TO BE PRESIDENT AT ANY TIME. HE'S CLAIMING TO BE PRESIDENT NOW. AND SO FOR A LOT OF PEOPLE, IT'S, WELL, WHY NOW? WELL, what BECAUSE made, OF THE, because the, of swearing, the in SWEARING IN
0: AFTER in. THE ILLEGITIMATE ELECTIONS. right but,
3: BUT I THINK EVERY ELECTION DOWN THERE, they're, they're <laughs> could, the, THE SAME ARGUMENT CAN BE MADE. It, 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 THE ISSUE NOW IS, WHILE WE'RE HERE, NOW. I WANT THOSE PEOPLE TO CONTINUE TO PEACEFULLY TAKE but CONTROL OF THE COUNTRY. HOW DID THE
2: ARAB SPRING WORK OUT FOR THE EGYPTIAN PEOPLE? Not so great, and and what's happening down there? We have this expectation that the military is going to turn against uh, M- Maduro and with Guaido. They're they're split. The, some people have defected. A whole number ha- else have not. C- can I just
0: tell you? I know you weren't able to hear. This is a TV thing. We mm-hmm. just oh. heard Cody, and Cody said, and I, there was no studio sound. Okay. He talked about a top military general who has
1: defected. Correct. And and he's encouraging and, others to follow yes, suit. Yes,
0: and, and so he seemed to be reporting that there is a trickle of defections when that trickle becomes you know where the tipping point is is were his words well the the
1: event on friday all the elected officials who spoke were calling on the military leaders and the the higher you know the higher powers within venezuela to focus on the constitution that's something that we always talk about here in the u.s like for example the resist movement against people like mike pence who was here on friday they're always talking about we need to adhere to the constitution well i think it's a beautiful thing that we're encouraging one of our closest neighbors that sits on the vast majority of oil in the world, the largest known reserves, and we're telling them, hey, you don't have to be poor and you can be a successful country if you follow your constitution, not the strongman Maduro. Yeah.
0: On that note, let's take a quick break. We have a lot more to talk about news this week, and we will be right back. We are back with the round TABLE, Stephen Johnson, Rosemary O'Hara, Rafael Yanis, and want to talk about. We just had a full on interview with Broward School Superintendent Robert Runsey. Rosemary, the Sun Sentinel has been among the superintendent's biggest critics uh, relative to the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas uh, day and after. And I guess my question to you is you heard all of the things that the district is doing. What sounds like a very well meaning, well intended fix. Does the
2: good outweigh the bad here? You know, nothing is all one way or all the other, and there have been improvements made in safety since a year ago. I mean, we're up on a year ago. But Amazing, you, isn't it? Yeah, but your point that the lack of urgency is a criticism is right on. I mean, they only just are getting to the Code Red policy and the safe corners your point about the lack of accountability is right on that people it's almost a year and we still don't have you know it's still in the process but there's a third bucket i would have added to that and that is that which led up to the shooting and before the shooting we know from the reporting of the sun sentinel that the district and the and the school they were not reporting crimes to the police department and this kid had 67 incidents since he was three years old. There was reason to know he was a dangerous kid. There was a certain just kick him out and, you know, move the problem along. Yeah, we, but well, we really
0: didn't get
3: into yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, this is hindsight being 20, 20 100%. Educators deal with troubled kids all the time. That's what the public school Did system is for. Now, well, is keep in mind so whether... Or not, yeah, exactly. We, yeah. We're, we just had a, a budget that increased, what, $200 per student? Wow, that's that's huge. This problem it was, was a tragedy. It's, it's a huge tragedy. But he has a quarter million other students, right? That's a very large school district. He's performing outstandingly in all of those other schools, and it was 2016 uh, uh, superintendent of the year. We can be concerned, we can hope for improvement, but I I wonder if this, and I said it before, if people wanting the heads to roll are just gonna keep looking for heads. And let's not talk about what the governor's doing.
1: Glenn, I'm not here to defend the superintendent, but I think we need to take a macro picture. We need to look at the forest, not the trees, and then look at the trees. The school districts are tied across the state to place students like Nicholas Cruz in the environment of least restraint. What does that mean? They try to keep them in their actual school. So there are uh, incentives and disincentives built in from Tallahassee down uh, as mandates down to the school districts telling them when you have a problem child like Nicholas Cruz, you can't be sending them to opportunity school right away because that's where he belonged when we all look at it. So I, I think we have to look at the big picture And then also look at I want to see you know the temperament. I I I I don't know what the parents are feeling, the parents of the children who were killed, but and and the teachers who were killed. uh, But you have to look at at the difference of attitude. Sheriff Scott Israel.
2: He was in the alternate school and it was when he was sent back to stoneman because douglas because of the
1: environment of least restraint at least restriction but, they have to be sent but back there
2: are uh, but when he was sent back there were mistakes made by the I'm district by the that. school well i just wanted to clarify Ob- obviously, he was yes. in an alternative school when he was sent back they ended his services know, knowing what a problem kid he was so there were mistakes made it wasn't just that he was one of 230,000 kids in the district. This kid, and the superintendent would tell you, this kid was a kid that if anybody met him, you would never forget him. But, but that
3: doesn't mean if, if you meet a troubled child, and trust me we deal with chil- troubled children all the time with the hundred black men in south florida if you meet a troubled child your goal is to make that child untroubled your goal is not to say okay let's go ahead and and they and, tried. And, and they absolutely they give them lot of services but they, they didn't
1: have all the resources available and i think that the state also deserves some blame here because of this mandate that you <laughs> say that you can't keep this student outside of their home school this is a, a, a tragedy of epic where proportions.
0: Does, but where does the common sense looks,
3: come in? Let me give you some common sense. The student was no longer a student at, at Stoneman Douglas. He was no longer the problem or the concern or even under the purview of the school district. It's a tragedy. It's an you're, absolute you're, yeah, tragedy. The fact,
0: but at, but, yeah.
3: but what I'm saying is that that we are we are looking back at how he was how he was educated. Just one part. But What he did, he did after he had completed his time. And he had
2: there had been a threat assessment of this kid on the school. So don't buy a gun. So they knew he was a threat. And then the the security around the school allowed him to walk onto campus. That nobody called a code red. Three people who should have called a code red didn't. So the safety and security so, of schools was not but the, There were but the was not at done. the school,
1: but what I also want to point out, because we were here a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. we were talking about Sheriff Scott Israel being suspended. As an observer who's not personally invested in this, I see a sea change in the difference of attitude from mm-hmm. day one between Scott Israel and Robert Runcie. And that doesn't mean that I'm out here defending Robert Runcie. Doesn't mean I think that there aren't issues that need to be fundamentally fundamentally addressed. I think that's critical because the court of public opinion, you know, your viewers on the show, the South Florida community, the readers of the Sun Sentinel. I think it's important to see the difference in attitude between a Sheriff Scott Israel and a Superintendent Robert Runcie.
2: How how are the attitudes different?
1: I, I see. I have seen genuine remorse. From Robert Runzu, as a viewer and as a reader, I have seen him take a more proactive approach. Now, Glenna brought up maybe it's not best to close out the media and close out, you know, the public from some of these meetings. I would never have advised him to do that. I think that's bad but he definitely has taken a more proactive public approach than sheriff scott israel
3: you we are a year out and he's having town halls with the freshman parents now and he's we're still having to
2: sue to try to get into the meetings we've it, had to sue to get those meetings are
3: for the residents. parents those meetings might not be for you
2: but guess what, what boys, it's it's for for
3: we have, we have to take parents. a break
0: <laughs> i hate to break this up but we will be back with more roundtables stay tuned <laughs> Another week, another drinking from the news fire hose when it comes to our new governor, Stephen Johnson, Governor Ron DeSantis this week education the environment, the environment. All, all kinds public of housing it, public it, housing but two, you mentioned me. it before $224 increase per student spending has to be good
3: news That's wonderful news yeah. Look, listen we've underfunded education for years Well it's so, a proposal
0: I should say Yeah we'll see what the legislature so does with proposal. it
3: But but for him to take those steps it's almost as though there's a democrat in Tallahassee and I know that's not true but we've got uh <laughs> spending yeah I, I had to do it we've got spending we've got spending on education. We've got literal spending on, on clean water in the Everglades. We've got underspending on the algae bloom. I wish he added a little, little bit more than $25 million there. But to take those moves right out of the gate, I can tell you, there are a lot of people that are impressed, and they don't all have a Republican after their name.
0: No, that's true. Um, let me, Rosemary, part of the announcement, the education announcement, was the elimination of Common Core. Did, could you hear the applause oh across yeah. the state yeah. well the Florida standards Florida version of Common the implementation Court. of it but that you know by and large everyone loves that because there was so much testing to
2: go with it but there is a sort of other side to that story accountability side to that story absolutely I mean it was really got former governor Jeb Bush who brought in high well, he wouldn't call it high-stakes testing. He would call it accountability. Let's see where we rank up against everybody else. That's been the goal all along with the FCAT. Then it got redefined as the Florida standards state assessment. And, and Common Core is really a way, was supposed to be a way of saying, how do our kids stack up against kids elsewhere? I wonder really, um, people want all of this testing, not not, I shouldn't say all of it, a large part of this testing to go away. There's just too much testing Mm -hmm. going on. But Richard Corcoran, the former house speaker is the commissioner of education. He has been in the legislature during all of the moves to the the recent um, accountability system. So how much uh, change really happens? Um, Is it just a new test or is it a change in philosophy We'll have to see. So much of this is all brand new stuff because we didn't hear about all this during the campaign. So we're just getting to know what he stands for. Ron
1: DeSantis did say in announcing it that when he was on the campaign, the parents were bringing it up to him. So maybe the parents weren't walking to the back of the room to talk to the press about it, but they had his ear and they were bringing it up to him.
0: Well, testing was something, I think, that ever since it's been, what, to your point, since Governor Bush, We've heard yes. in the newsroom about the complaints of the amount of testing and that teachers teach to the test. To the test. Steven, I'm the son of an uh,
1: educator, yeah, and you are. and and she's extremely successful with her end of course exams, leading her school, leading leading in her subject area. I'm very proud of that, but that doesn't change the fact that she feels like once the school year starts, the firing gun goes off, and you can't look left or right, you can only look straight forward, or you will miss that test, and your students won't perform.
0: And you know what, a very Some
3: people say that's good, other parents think it's bad. No, yeah. that's, it's, yeah. it's absolutely terrible. We can't, as the 100 black men in South Florida, we can't go into schools during certain months because they're in test prep, and then they've got to take the test.
1: And you would fail and, the school if you took them out for valuable education.
3: And you're losing those, those other opportunities. Because you, you mentioned it early, Glenna. You said, "What happened to common sense?" Those tests are not I say about. That a lot. I know, right? <laughs> Those tests aren't about common sense. Those tests are literally about measuring our children up against everyone else. That's not what we should be doing. Okay, we should I, be educating them.
0: I, I just want to tell you something that kind of blew me away. A comment from Miami-Dade School Board member Dorothy Bendrose-Minden mindenhall this week. Who said, you know, I was asking her that the testing also assigns grade levels to schools. Is and by and large, Broward and Dade schools have really come up in the grades and have been touting that. And that's a, a great thing. And what she said to me was the number, the grade letter does not equal profici- proficiency. And she said, when I even go into A schools, I will tell you. Those kids may not be proficient in English or math. That's frightening.
2: Yeah, no, uh, the system can be manipulated. And mm-hmm. even though the number of DNF schools in 2015, the number jumped. BECAUSE WE SWITCHED TO A NEW SYSTEM. NOW THE NUMBER OF, of DNF SCHOOLS HAVE, have COME DOWN, mm-hmm. AND THE NUMBER OF A SCHOOLS are, ARE BETTER, BUT THE NUMBER OF C SCHOOLS HAS EXPLODED. SO THIS this GRADE SYSTEM, IT AFFECTS SCHOOLS, IT AFFECTS TEACHERS, THEIR PAY HAS sure. BEEN, the THEIR BONUSES have been, exactly. HAVE BEEN BASED think, ON I IT. I THINK IT'S
1: IMPORTANT TO POINT OUT THAT WHEN THESE, WHEN THE, the NEW um, GRADING SYSTEM WAS IMPLEMENTED UNDER THE PREVIOUS GOVERNOR'S ADMINISTRATION, there was an issue that school school boards in Central Florida had disproportionately high levels of high performing schools. And it seems like they were almost on the up and up and knew, you know, from this casual observer's perspective, it seemed like they were on the up and up. And Miami-Dade County and Broward seemed to be trying to fulfill the letter of the law and trying to reach it. And so we got a constellation of grades at the schools in South Florida. And I think there were some people woke up and said, hey, if they're not playing by the rules in Central, North, and Western, and
3: you know, Panhandle in Florida, why are we playing by the rules down here? And are we really even evaluating our teachers properly if the only thing I care about is what, how these these children do on a test? We're not factoring in what these children deal with at home, who I'm actually teaching and reaching, and if, if I'm doing an effective job on it. We're figuring out if I can get them to bubble the right A, B, C, or D on a Scantron. That's not education, and I too am a son of an educator. So I I recognize that education is more than how you do on a test.
0: So how do you test it then? With that said, with all of the moving parts and all of the different variables,
3: how do you test it? You know what they used to do? They used to evaluate the teacher. They used to have someone sit in and evaluate the teacher. Are you in control of the class? Are the children focused? Are they watching you? Are you reaching them? And they
2: were doing that, and one of the reasons they got away from that is because all of the teachers um, were excellent, except for like just a handful. And you know, that was so many thousands, not everybody's excellent. So that as a, on on the bell curve, that got skewed too.
3: But if not everybody's excellent, everybody also isn't failing. And if you're only way you're gonna judge anybody, if you're gonna judge a student and you say, okay, I'm gonna judge you on your ACT scores or your SAT scores, well, if you judge me on my SAT scores, I had great SAT scores. But if you judge me on what I did throughout the course of the year, I had terrible grades. We won't judge that. Right? Yeah, yeah, but (laughs) my point is you 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 can't judge a student only by what they do on a 90 minute day or a day-long test in 90 Minute you can't judge a
0: person like that. And for
1: the benefit of the viewers, it's important to note the executive order that Governor DeSantis signed is not a light switch. It's going to be implemented over time. Over time.
0: You know, the best thing about roundtable is we can go forever, but we can't really. So thank you, <laughs> great roundtable. Yeah. Thanks thank for you. being.